0: to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. We are back for season six of the Holistic Pharmacy podcast. I'm your host, Marina Buksev, a functional medicine pharmacist and holistic herbal educator. I'll be sharing inspiring stories of my guests who have shifted into holistic modalities, both personally and professionally. My co-host, Dr. Jenna Carmichael, will be joining me to lead the Journal Club episodes to share an evidence-based approach to holistic and herbal medicine. I'm so glad you're here and hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. I am psyched to present this next guest as we had so many parallel aha moments about life, parenting, and spirituality. And we hope those of you listening will get to experience them as well. Ziba Ansari, a pharmacist with a 17-year career, found her soul beginning to shift towards spending more time at home with her daughter when she was born. To accommodate this change, she transitioned to per diem hospital job, which proved advantageous during the pandemic years. Amidst distressors at work, Zeba purposefully crafted a peaceful and connected life at home, reflecting the world she desired to live in. During this transformative journey, a profound insight emerged within Ziba. She realized her passion lay in working with parents and helping children become the best versions of themselves. Inspired by her daughter and her deep spiritual connection, Ziba embarked on writing a book called The ABCs of Life to Nourish the Mind and Soul of Children, self-publishing it in December 2021. Her daughter became both the wellspring of inspiration and a conduit of higher dimensions. Ziba's path then led her to become a yoga instructor, delving into the realms of energy medicine yoga. Ultimately, her journey culminated in earning a certification as a parent coach. By seamlessly blending her background in pharmacy, her expertise in energy medicine yoga, and her years of spiritual practice, Ziba connected the dots between parenting yoga and a heart-centered approach to life. The synergy birthed her vision and prompted her to found a heartful path. This platform serves as the intersection where parents can cultivate self care and subsequently nurture their children from a place of authenticity and love. Ziba understood the importance of providing parents with a holistic approach to raising their children. By offering comprehensive support for the well being of parents, the challenging task of caring for their offspring becomes more tangible and comprehensible. Just as a marathon runner needs to have nourishment, sleep, and a strong mindset, so too does a parent taking care of his or her children. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I have with me today a very special guest. Her name is Zeba Ansari Orlando, and she's a pharmacist turned energy healer, and yoga instructor, coach, and author. So welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Marina. Good to be here.
0: Yes, yes. We've been in touch for a while now. And so I'm so excited to learn more about your journey. And I'd love to start out with asking you where it all began, you know, how you grew up, uh, what motivated you or inspired you to become a pharmacist, and how was that experience like?
1: Right, right. Well, where did it all begin? Uh, Thousands of miles away from where I am right now. I was actually born in Iran in a city called Esfahan. And I am currently in California. So thousands of miles away is where the origin of this being came to be. And when I was about seven, uh, my mother with my sister and I moved to ultimately United States, but we spent a little bit of time in Germany, Dusseldorf. So you can already see uh, just the picture of how my early childhood was formed. And so during that time, uh, should I say there was the Iran-Iraq war and so there was turmoil within the environment I was living at. And of course it was under the Islamic reign. At that time, the revolution had happened, the monarchy had been overthrown. So I did remember hearing bombs remotely. When I was at school, I did have to wear a covering. So just setting up, you know, sort of my childhood, because it's so important for everyone to have that experience of where they started from and uh that journey as i was young and from what i remember i had always wanted to help others you know as plain doctor and wanted to be a healer of some sort and it's funny because i see that now with my own child who is five and so fast forward i mean uh, spending a year in germany getting exposed to that and then coming to a new country learning a new language literally actually the third because i started to pick up some german and while we were in dusseldorf and so fast forward you know you you're basically trying to survive right you're in this new environment learning a language you're acclimating to the folks around you very different from where i was born and so there was always within me this element of both survival and also accomplishment so um i did continue to go on i wanted to be a doctor at that point and lo and behold the universe spoke and i ended up uh, i was very involved uh, in the community it just kind of goes back to that aspect of giving and wanting to be involved and helping others so i was intimately involved with rotary which is like the Lions Club. It's about giving back to the community. So I had a scholarship granted to me, um, you know, given someone's wonderful encouragement to apply through Rotary. So I traveled abroad. And this diversion is, I bring this up, is because that one year abroad uh, at the end of my college undergraduate degree led me to realize, you know what? I just can't function without sleep. And as much as I want to help others, It sort of just reframed where I want to go in my life. And so coming back from that year abroad, I was sort of a new person. It was sort of that stages of life that changes you and that year really contributed to that um, development of this other self. And I realized I do wanna stay in the healthcare field and what what would that be? So luckily I had folks around me. I was able to shadow a mom and pops pharmacy. Uh, I was able to talk to other folks in the nursing practitioner field, et cetera, et cetera, and was able to narrow it down to pharmacy. And so that's how I ended up entering pharmacy, long answer to your question. And I would say um, I knew from very young age that I wanted to have a family. So there were very dynamics that at at play worked out with pharmacy and uh, family life dynamics. So that's how I entered pharmacy world. And uh, yeah, so I'll turn it back to you. I think that's, starts us off giving you a framework about my background and how the pharmacy world came about.
0: Yeah, definitely. there's a lot of dynamics at play already that I guess, yes. you know, shaping who you are and your healing gifts and, you know, your desire to create an experience, uh, more dynamics in life. So how did becoming a pharmacist, you know, um, feel ultimately for you um when you when you graduated when you got the degree what were your first steps in this career and you know how did it inform the rest of what followed
1: oh that's beautiful how did it inform right um all those lessons that sort of stack up and progress and then you see the bigger picture so i haven't really had a chance to fully integrate everything but from what i can pick up you know i had um i was around folks that had heart problems and i could see the benefits of you know nitroglycerin tablet under your tongue or you know having an aspirin in terms of a stroke etc etc i just thought this is great you know we can heal folks and that was my mindset at that time and Little did I, you know, fast forward and learning about pharmaceutical companies and of course just the world we live in, you open up your eyes to more and more. So, how, how, how the first, you know, decade, I've been a pharmacist now for 17 years. Um, I always liked community and hospital. So it was a really difficult choice deciding, do I take inpatient or community? So I've had a little bit of a community, I shouldn't say retail, but outpatient oncology experience, had a little bit of a clinic ambulatory experience. And then, you know, again, life shapes and forms you with what comes up and you listen. And I went towards uh, um, hospital Again, getting closer to the patients, right? That makes more sense. And uh, in retail, it's a lot more rapid and you don't build that um, relationship a little bit more in depth in the hospital. So, and I I think I I, I didn't know this, but inside of me, I always had this uh, logical, organizational, very um, kind of managerial aspects to me that I didn't realize. So after eight years in the hospital, I ended up spending four of that in management position. This was before having my child. So it was perfect because you know my priorities were different. I had that zest and I wanted to grow up the ladder and I was learning. And fortunately, it was a small, but actually medium sized, but independent hospital. So I got a chance to do a lot. You know, I was like one of those people that yes, Yes, I'll do this. And so I was on multiple committees, got to experience everything from emergency uh, preparedness to um, being on the PT committee, pharmacy and therapeutics, to being on the safety committee, to being a lead for wellness, you name it, I got to do it. So I think that shaped and formed me to kind of, um, wasn't a checkoff list, but you know, that zest And that excitement got to come through and allow me to go to the next stage in my life. And so that was sort of the, the, the shape and path that it took me through. And then my daughter came, right? Got married, et cetera. And my daughter came and as a mother yourself, right? It really changes you right it changes you in every shape and aspect and bit and piece of your soul and your cell and um yeah i was like "Mm -mm, i don't want to be a manager anymore i i i only want to prioritize this um so it was it was a calling that um you can't ignore Right? No matter how busy life was, the hustle and bustle, the calling was so loud. So, fortunately, I had an opportunity. I was a per diem pharmacist at a smaller hospital near my mother where I used to spend a lot of time and grew up and uh, close to home still. And fortunately, I got to pick up some shifts there more frequent than before. And I was able to step out of the management role and just do on call per diem as we know it. So, that allowed me to have more time at home. And um, I don't know, it's it's when when you are gifted with a child, there is there is a reason you have that child. And there's a reason that the lessons that come with it come as they do. So everything turned upside down. I mean, it was um, 2019 and Isabella was two years old. And just some inner voice you know kind of like the um, uh, yoga tradition of the serpent that rises your energy that rises it was like this calling kept getting louder and louder and so I funny enough this is a really the next transition that happened I was trying to figure out how did I end up in energy medicine I went to a class for sleep taught by this wonderful healer herself Uh, who used to work with children in Rwanda during the genocide time. And I thought it was about sleep, right? No, it turned out to be the next calling. This, this, This topic of sleep class turned into, no, energy medicine. And do you know anything about it? No, I don't. Have you heard of Donna Eden? No. So I pick up the Donna Eden Energy Medicine book. She's one of the pioneers of many people out there who do energy medicine, right? She's healed herself of MS and heart problems and all sorts of autoimmune. So she's a powerful force in the area of energy medicine. So 30 years ago, she used to be working with patients. Now she's got practitioners and training courses folks can go through. So I picked up a book, Bella was about two, I couldn't put it down. So that starts the world of energy medicine and understanding about our energy system And I'll pause right there before I go forward, because I've said a lot and I want to give you a chance to sort of ask questions before I go into the next progression.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that so beautifully and eloquently. And, you know, I'm just picking up on some themes of, um, you know, rest and work and following your calling, you know, and also going into the allopathic field, but then recognizing that healing is possible in other ways. Um, you know, and, and the experiences that you have had really, you know, kept informing the next level of understanding. And I think it's a real skill to be able to listen to that inner calling though, that you mentioned, you know, many of us are just so busy with the hustle and bustle, right. That we, even if we had a calling, we probably wouldn't even hear it, you know, because we're so sleep deprived that the next day we need so much caffeine, um, and then to get us through the afternoon slump, and then it's like, well, where does the intuition even fit? You know, where can you even listen to that inner voice? We don't make time to just slow down or to meditate or you know, to go to a phone class <laughs> with an esoteric name, you know, um, we just don't make time for those things because society just says we need to be go, go, go. And, you know, we could be kind of nihilistic too about like, well, there's no purpose, you know, or design, everything is random. Or we can choose to be hopeful and believe in the intelligence of nature and the universe and that our life and our children's lives have meaning and purpose. So I think it's an intentional choice for us to um, you know, be an optimist or a realist or a pessimist. And so I'm hearing you say that, you know, you chose to listen to your voice and you chose to um see this beautiful, you know, creative, divine process of having a child be an alchemizing experience for you so that you can reprioritize, right? And not everything has to happen all at once. Like there are cycles and seasons of life, which is also the intelligent part. So there are winters, you know, and there are summers and there are professional, like beautiful, like you said, blossom seasons when you got to do everything and learn everything and be involved in everything. But then there was a season for taking care of your daughter and giving her your undivided, you know, priority attention. And So that's what, you know, I'm hearing from your journey, and I absolutely can't wait to see where it goes next. You said that beautifully, Marina.
1: There was so much you said in there um, about cycles, and that's part of my learning about intention, about choices, about listening. Um, I also heard you say that you're overwhelmed as a new mom with you know sleep being such a priority both for your child and yourself and rest and exactly pointing out those that phase of infancy that requires all of your attention and more and and is just like finding your new self in this world right so I would say a couple of things that came up a lot came up and I'm trying to streamline my um, mind is that Maybe my calling came at this time, but it was brewing through the years, you know, I had done Vipassana meditation and spiritual work and chakra work and so much more that maybe then this window opened up when it did but for all of us we're constantly hearing things that we may either it will bounce off of us or you think we didn't pick up anything but there's pieces of it really building up and up and once the seed is planted we're just sort of allowing it to grow and grow so I would say that have patience and have knowing that that intuition that you talked about, how do you have that intuition? Not all of us have that. Well, I firmly, firmly believe we all do. It's just to what degree can we practice it and utilize it and have access to it in this lifetime, right? Um, and, and so much of that is listening, right? I do a lot of talking. I have to remind myself, okay, I have to listen up two ears, right? In one mouth. It's a lot of listening and it's a lot of presencing ourselves. And as you said, in this world, there's that hustle and bustle. So we make time for it. We prioritize it, right? If that's what we want, right? And that's, it's funny because I'm jumping like many steps ahead, but that's the crux of why I want to do parent coaching is because it's not about media telling you, Marina, this is how you treat your child. This is the book you read and everything's fine. It's no, these are my resources. These are my tools. This is my family. This is my values, etc., etc. But at the end of the day, I will tell myself and my child I shouldn't say tell I will develop what comes to me naturally and that comes from this inner being so who I'm getting really worked up because um, really that energy medicine so. That, that that other language that we all can learn from, right? There's this physical body and then there's the mind and the soul. So what happened to me, it was like, I wanted to learn more and more. So I became a yoga instructor, right? And then I had that year of energy medicine and I began to weave together energy medicine and yoga. And I'm like, oh my God, this this really makes sense. Oh, I can do this and that. And I was on a call with some co- colleagues who had done, done the energy medicine year with me of training. And they're like, do you know there's a woman named Lauren Walker and she's invented energy medicine yoga? What you're talking about is so, you know, um, is baffling you, but not really. It makes so much sense. I said, no, I didn't know. So anyway, I went, I went fast forward and I learned about it. I, I got intrigued by it and I signed up and I became an energy medicine yoga instructor. And there's none around me. There are folks around the world and she's training folks and getting the word out. But it combines this, this concept of energy and energy medicine yoga and really it says that when you have disease it's an imbalance that's manifesting through that you know energy imbalance and so one of the one of the tools i learned about these eight systems of energy is your aura your aura is this bodysuit, you can think of it. You're like an astronaut and the space around you, this filters in what comes and what goes, what's beneficial and the toxins that like shouldn't come in. And the stronger this bodysuit is, right, the healthier you are. And I was reading that literally illness can be reflected in your aura before it shows up in your physical body so how powerful is that just to know that piece of it right and then there's more so as a as an instructor and when I was teaching in this holistic yoga studio in town with my friend who's a sacred sister that we did a spiritual journey like before Bella was born and You know, I would teach folks there are pathways in your body. Most people have heard of chakras, but then we talk about meridians, all of these things that you know, but a lot of people haven't tapped into. And so for some, it may be meridian work. For some, it could be chakra work. For some, it's radiant joy, your circuits of joy. So you try to inform yourself, practice yourself, because if it doesn't start here, right? then then, then there's, first of all, there's not that radiating of that energy to others, that, that domino effect that goes out to the world, but also that it helps you as a tool to help other people. And that's part of my journey is that as a parent coach, I wanna be able to teach other parents some basic tools, whether it takes two minutes to do in the morning and it's clearing your chakras in your throat, whether it's tapping, whether it's calming down your amygdala and putting you out of fight flight, whether it's just closing your eyes because you're like me and you need by just by cupping them, you're able to calm down your nervous system because I take in so much visually and that there are, you know, energy systems behind your eye that govern the nervous system. So I've said a lot, I've said a lot, and I'll, and I'll stop for pause there. It was just to connect the dots. It was like energy medicine happened, thank God, due to this class. Then I took a yoga course to learn more about myself and be able to calm myself down and be able to have moments of stillness and use that movement with energy medicine in EM yoga. And somewhere along the way, there was this thing that, I want to write, I want to write. And I don't know how, but it manifested in a children's book. And I was like, it wasn't something I had to check off and say, I'm an author now, right? It was, it was boiling so loud. It was like, no, let me put this out there. So kids and parents can have more engaging conversations, more meaningful conversations, more downtime to get to know one another. So it's sort of a, Conversation starter of a book and then I'm almost done with my journey at least as of today right who knows where it's going to go next and I can't wait I was like there's more there's more I want to do more and so I asked my guides and asked the universe and I kept listening and so yeah I had um you know parenting coach it was like that's it Why don't you do this? Why don't you get trained in this and then bring all of the spiritual world that you know, that you have access to, that you can pass on. And why don't you bring in this energy work and yoga work and bring this holistic
0: approach to parents. And that's where I am today. Wow. Thank you so much. There was so much in that. And I'm so glad that you brought up a couple of amazing points. I'm like, scrambling, where do I go from here? <laughs> uh, but let me start with, you know, integration in general. Like you really spoke about the process of integrating what you're learning and applying it to your life, right? And that's a step that is hugely missed, right? Like we could take all these courses, do all these things, do all the traveling, you know, studying abroad that you mentioned, But then at what point do you actually pause and slow down and understand, well, what does this mean? How can I actually apply this to my actual life and make it better? And how do I apply this to the way I view healing and the way I view health and my profession and, you know, all of these questions that you can then sit with and really like it's the sitting with practice that makes all the difference like you can go on all the hero journeys like now people are talking about ayahuasca you know for the awakening spiritual experiences um, or the hero medicines that are drugs right whether it's a psychedelic or just regular prescription drugs that people get prescribed all the time but you know when do you actually focus on what can I do to support this process? How can I support this drug actually functioning in me? You know, I do need to do the lifestyle and the diet and and the rest and the nervous system regulation so that the drug could work better, you know, and I need to take care of my liver and my organs of elimination. And I do need to, you know, sit with the experiences that I'm having to understand and process what I just heard or saw or visualized or, you know, um, you, you even mentioned talking to guys And some people will probably think, what is she talking about? That's exactly out there. Um, But that's exactly what it is. It's like actually understanding the application, just like we had appies and hippies in pharmacy school. Like one thing is knowing what it's like or the theoretical, you know, of what it's like to practice in a setting. But the second thing is actually going and doing it. (laughs) And that's totally different. So I love that, you know, you combined and you integrated these lessons in your own way. And then were able to create your own brand and your own lessons that you're passing on to others. And, you know, yoga in general is just such a vast, you know, amazing system that was brought to us. And now it's kind of like mainstream, right? Everybody knows what yoga is, but what it really is is it means unity or union, right? It means like oneness. So we're combining all these things and there is the concept, right? That we do mainstreamly recognize that health is spiritual, emotional, you know, and physical, Um, a combination of these three. And that's exactly what yoga represents. So it's like mind-body connection and you know, your sole purpose. And it integrates so well with what you said about energy medicine. It also integrates with movement. Like I've seen people create uh, like a moving yoga class, like dance yoga, and I'm really into dance. So that is really amazing. It also integrates with the study and practice of Ayurveda, right? And then all of those traditional systems, what they're saying is movement is life. And change is life. If you're not moving or changing and you're just static or stagnant, that's not a good thing. Like we always think, oh, I want to go back to the time when I was picture perfect. And I would just want to just capture that moment in time and go back there. I don't want to age. You know, um, I just want to keep it the way it is. But that's not life. That's not natural. Mm -hmm. So if we don't embrace change and we keep ourselves stuck then in traditional wisdom that is disease you know being stuck and energy not flowing is bad (laughs) um and that's how it can manifest on these deeper layers because we are governed by our values right and if our value is we have to fit in with everybody else we have to be exactly like you know right Our peers and um, or else we're going to get abandoned and kicked out of the tribe and then we're not going to survive. And that's a great ancient mentality. And it was, you know, very it helped us survive. Right. It was a survival instinct. But nowadays we're so in fear of getting, you know, left out that we can't be unique anymore. We don't listen to that inner voice that's telling us and guiding us. And then if you don't listen, you know, what what you focus on grows and what you ignore, you know, unfortunately, then it doesn't play a role anymore. If you keep ignoring it, then it's going to stop functioning for you. And same thing with our body. If we keep ignoring certain systems, um, you know, insulin resistance, right? We start resisting that system. So Uh, I think that's exactly the point that we can't um, we can't expect to be static and we can't expect to just be still and we should roll with the punches and we should keep going and integrate all these lessons. And our body literally is trying to get us to our best and highest self. And if you keep ignoring it, it's going to scream louder. And that is how it's going to manifest into a physical level as disease.
1: Right, right. Oh, you, 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 you again, you know, it's like this bouncing off of, excitement and ideas and yes there was so much packed into what you just said and i'm having a hard time remembering everything you said um there were so many points there that i was like yep exactly exactly and i think the first one that comes to mind is when you're talking about people following others or living in this state of fear i think one of one of the things that I come back to over and over that really spoke loudly to me, because, you know, I'm, you know, a little bit versed with quantum, you know, um, quantum world the, of energy, right, and understanding. And there's this picture I saw once, you've probably seen it too, of like an image of someone with love right? And radiating beams of energy and wide and expansive and their higher self. And, you know, and and then there's this other image right next to it of the smaller self, it it contracted and showing fear, right? And so you, you cannot, this is one of the most important things. One of that I learned from my spiritual teachers is you cannot exist in both. So you're either in one or the other. So if we can just get folks to understand that as as small, but as fundamentally large as this concept is, then that worry of if they're living from that really deep place of sacred love, then they're not worried about following the pact, right? They're not worried about I need to do this and follow the the whatever trend is like I don't even look at it it's it's so out of my system that it almost makes it hard to to recognize what's happening in others but it's it's and then that from that bruise loneliness and depression and isolation and one not oneness but just alone right being alone not being part of the community not being in part with the tree and the universe and the breath so I think that was one important thing that you said really triggered that feeling of love and resonating in the frequency of love. The other thing that you mentioned was static and living, you know, the, the development of disease and um, understanding about the cycles and the movement, which you beautifully said. And I, and I was thinking to myself, what about our phones, right? That's that's like, we're like, we're permeating in this world of like static and constantly following things and not thinking for ourselves so we can spend a whole session just talking about phone and the research that's coming out on and is out there on phone and its effects on children and effects on ADHD and all the shifts we can make and at the same time you have parents that say well I'm too busy if I don't want to send kids give my child a tablet which I totally understand you don't have this community to help you with child rearing so sometimes You have this age or this number of children that's impossible. You have to hand them a tablet in order to put food on the table, right? You're preparing meal. So you have no other choice. But in other times when we can make a conscious, intentional choice, it would be, okay, let me get off my phone. Let me model for them what it's like. First of all, let me come back into presence with who I am without that gadget That's, you know, as bad as cocaine, right. And addictive and let me spend a heart to heart connection. So one of the things that I, you know, I love when things get downloaded as I call it now, it's like they come and you're like, I know it's from a source of goodness. It's from a source of me. And so, I mean. You know, one, two, three, four, five things you come up with. And once in a while, something resonates with someone. So I was thinking of like the ABCDs of uh, my formula. One thing I think about is a uh, parenting. So A is like, allow, allow that compassion and that respect, which in other words is love, respect is a form of love, to permeate every moment with your child. So as I put this phone down, I'm like, okay, A, I'm gonna allow that to flow in because I know energy speaks. We can't, you know, see it, but it's speaking. So my child will attune to that energy I just allowed to come in. B is be present, right? Then I'm able to be present with what is not what happened an hour ago, not what the errands are in the future or even the next day of to do things. C is connect at the heart level, right? Again, I go back and back again. My, my website is called A Heartful Path, right? My It's about heartful living, right? So it comes back to that heart again and again. And then D is define your child by their goodness by their wisdom, by their knowing, because so many times we, again, we're human, right? We have to remember we're human and we have adopted over the years, but sometimes our default mode is negativity, right? That's our negativity bias. So we have to remind ourselves to be present with positivity. And so that defining of our kids for the D in the formula is seeing the positive in them. You know, I have... I just had an experience, you know, and I love it when it happens before you talk to someone cause you can give them a real life experience. I just spent like maybe the next last two or three days ruminating on the negative things about my child, you know? And I said, what's going on? Why? You know, and then I mentioned all the things, the sugar rush and running around and too many things going on in the day causing her to get dysregulated. But then when I had the moment to really come back to being present and thinking deeper level with my heart, I said, I'm spending so much time on the negative stuff. Why don't I go back? And I started to give, you know, focus on that on my child and paying attention to what she's doing and describing her effort, describing her her way of being, right? Not just you look pretty, but really being descriptive about who she is internally. And I could automatically see the switch in that light. It was like, yeah, yeah, it can be those simple things that can actually make a difference. So we don't have to change the world overnight. We don't have to change our dynamics at home overnight, but we know that we're empowered and we can do it. And I will turn it to you. I want to. This, this empowerment and that, that light within, one of my favorite po- um, quotes, I love quotes, right? Marianne Williamson says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. You've probably heard this, right? Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure, right? And it is our light, this light that I talk about is the love, right? It is our light, not our darkness that frightens us. So having... That knowing within each of us, whether we're a parent or not, that's what matters in believing and coming back, turning around full circle into that state of love and not fear.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, I hope everybody was taking notes because I was. If you didn't take notes, go back and listen to the ABCDs because that is applicable not just to parenting. And like you said, this is, you know, this is not just for parents, but I think it's almost easier to think the best of our children and to love and nurture them. That's kind of like a natural instinct. Um, mm-hmm. where, you know, we, we see this innocence right in children and and they're this innocent child, uh, but then when we talk about like our own inner child, this is also applicable. Or if you work with any type of client, right, whether they're grown adults or children, um, there is this whole branch, right, of inner child work in um, in psychology. And the other thing of the other side of having a relationship and respect and love is it originates with your relationship with self, right? So unless you treat yourself with respect and love and recognize your own goodness, it's difficult to do that to others because you don't even have that, you know, affection for yourself. You don't hold that space for yourself. So, you know, it has a lot to do with worthiness and deserving and our parent relationships and inner child stuff too. But, you know, just recognizing that your child definitely deserves that, right? We we automatically know that, you know, and this is part of the work, but also we deserve it. So we need to give it to ourselves first and fill our cups first. And then it's easier to fill others' cups when, when we know what it feels like. And, you know, biblically also there's the lesson of like love thyself as you love your neighbor. So love thyself comes even first, right? Um, before you can even love anyone else and we're all mirrors of each other anyway. anyway, But um, I also wanna comment on uh, what you said about empowerment because re- taking responsibility for something and saying, yes, I'm willing to do the work for myself and my children, is a form of taking power. So by you saying, I, I do have control and I will, I'm willing, you know, to take the responsibility. You're also giving yourself so much power to, to be in control, um, you know, and, and we live in a world where not everything is in our control, but we can certainly take whatever we can, you know, it, and, and, and that is going to make us more powerful. So I don't want to keep you here all day. Cause I know we can probably talk about this for hours. Oh, I could I haven't even touched the surface. (laughs) I might have to have you back on here, but um, I'd love for you to just comment on where this idea for the book um, originate, right? And how was it birthed? Like you said, sometimes you get downloads. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, how did the pandemic play into your experience? And how was the writing and publishing process? Yeah,
1: that's a great point. Um, you know, I, I have thought hard about this, maybe not hard enough, um, but again, there's that self compassion. So if I have self compassion, it's okay. Um, I'll say this I don't know if there was a pinpoint catalyst for the book other than just this broader sense. So I haven't found, you know, like the, the sleep class I went to and I saw the book wasn't that discreet. But I can say that the pandemic times for a person like myself that I know I'm an empath and I know I have actually been highly sensitive and not known that most of my life and now the mainstream talks about it so much more and it's our power, right? Not our weakness. When the pandemic happened, as weird as this may sound, and I remember saying this to folks, because I can sense so much, energy around me and because doing energy work is so important for me to keep in my own area rather than pick up other people's energy. When it happened, it being pandemic, I worked in the hospital, right? So very stressful time and when I came home, fortunately I live in an area where I'm surrounded by trees and nature, I was able to spend a lot of time in nature. So two things, I had a quiet, serene environment, and especially from the shift from the hospital, and two, I almost felt in my body the quietness of the world. There was this silence that was happening inside my body that I remember vividly when a snake was passing through my house twice in that that period of time. I wasn't. And again, I was taking lots of classes and a lot of inner work. So it was brewing and brewing and like storytelling. I started signed up for a storytelling book, uh, class. And I think that was after the idea of the book. Um, I'm going off tangent a little bit, but I think there was just this. Conversation that started to happen internally and because I was silent because the world was silent, my inner world was more silent. I was able to listen to it. So you can call it inspiration. You can call it download. You can call it joy. You can call it curiosity for life. I started to get these statements and they're literally statements, you know, like about gratitude and about transformation and about allowing love for yourself, authenticity. Um, I don't know, just ABCD. It goes through all of mothers and nature. And so, um, I started to write it down and write it down and write it down and I have no idea when and how this thing came okay write a book I think years ago you know how when a child gets a good um feedback from someone and it plants the rest of their life or the vice versa you get this negative feedback and it can really take away your joy and zest for life and your bill and dampen your abilities you you follow what I'm saying is When I was doing a lot of spiritual work years ago um, called Foundations for Spiritual Development, I had someone tell me very vividly, you are going to be an author, you're going to write something. And I just laughed. I'm like, I can't even write English as my second language. So I don't know if that was the inkling, if it was the world, if it was my own calling, if it was a combination of all of the above. That's where it started. And I worked on it uh, as I was going through everything else in my life and learning and growing at the soul level. And then it came down to a six month process, which took a while for the illustration because I interviewed folks and learned the ropes with that. And then knew I wanted to self-publish. I wasn't going to go down the road of um, getting um, published by someone else, but basically it taught me something new. I met some wonderful illustrators on the East Coast and they helped me. And that process can be exhilarating and sometimes stressful, but it was a learning experience. And I remember for one of the pages, my daughter looked at the picture, the illustration, and it's for a V and they're on a vacation, they're camping. I wanted to, the scenery to be accessible to everyone, not this luxurious vacation, but that vacation can mean communing with nature. And there's this, there's this girl jumping in a puddle of mud, something she likes to do so we took pieces of our life and put it into the illustration she goes mommy she doesn't have boots so she we put on boots for her in the picture so little things that that remember i remember from that experience and then the process of sharing it with those around me like the mother's club and family and the joy of hugging my child when the first book arrived in the copy in the mail so It's, it's another piece of that puzzle of wanting to do more for the family foundation. So book is a piece of it. The coaching is a piece of it. And that inner calling to be the best version of yourself and to tap into your own energy is a piece of it. So hopefully that answered your question.
0: Yeah, I love it. I see you have the book there, so hold it up for us. Let's see.
1: It's called the uh,
0: ABCs of
1: Life to Nourish the Mind and Soul of Children, and the illustrators are QBN Studios, and they're lovely, lovely—not um, um, husband and wife, but couple—and um, they work together and they put their heart and soul into this. It was a book that never done this type of a book, and they put everything in it. So. I'm grateful that I got connected to them and yeah, it's so, on Amazon and I wanted to, you know, bring it up because it, it, I had a parent say, you know what? It was just as good for me as it was for my child.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, that was my next question. Who should buy the book and is it like an interactive parent and child experience reading the book? Is there an age range that you were aiming for? Good question. Yeah, I would say there are statements in
1: there that will make a parent or adult reflect just as much. And it's a conversation starter. So it allows a concept to be introduced whether it's your values or not, or concept that you've heard about that empower us and uh, make our life more meaningful. And then it allows the parent or the caretaker to take it to whatever extreme. They might put it down and say, oh, yoga is this, and then come back six months later and demo it. So it really is very interactive and it can be used between I would say five to the teens age that you can have a conversation. Um, but it's what you make of it. It's like, it's very experiential. It's not a storyline, you know, so-and-so happens at the end. This is how it finishes. It's ways to converse about topics that you may have already known
0: or that you're introduced to like chakras. Oh, I love that. So it's like um, a workbook in in some ways,
1: in some ways,
0: without its own spaces. But in your own <laughs> mind, in your life, you can write. Exactly. <laughs> wow. I love it. Love it. Um, So tell us a little bit about how you work Um, now with parents, like what's available and is it like standard? Is it, you know, group? Is it one on one?
1: Um, so I do put on classes, um, but they're kind of unannounced. They come sort of seasonally or they come as needed. So those would be a group dynamic that would most likely take place in Zoom, although my future goal is to work with schools so they can be one on ones, which is on my website or some topic that I do in a group dynamic. Uh, So that's for the coaching. And it's uh, a myriad of different coaching parameters brought in with my own path that adds to it, the heartful living path. And the other ways I work with parents is obviously through the energy medicine yoga. So I do one-on-ones, I can do it at the studio, I can do a one-on-one, or I offer a package, which really builds upon it because how can you learn? all of it at once, right? So then I can tailor it to, let's say, someone's having more problems with congestion or detox, and someone's having more problems with really just waking up and feeling more healthy and vital, Um, things like that. So I can tailor it uh, to their needs. So it can be one-on-one, it can be a series. And, um, I've started to teach yoga, like I mentioned earlier to children at school and just loving it, loving it. So there's that adult yoga and the kids yoga. And, um, yeah, I think that that sums up sort of all the different ways. And I like to tailor it, the programs to what they need, because a lot of times I realize people are so busy. They don't realize the importance of even getting a coach or what it means, Right. So that's really important to have that flexibility for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, My son's daycare actually offers yoga. And that was a huge selling point for me. I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What age group is it available to? Um, He's in pre-K now. So his daycare is from two to five. Okay. Yeah, I I did the K to third age group. And that was...
1: Love right. it, yeah.
0: All right, well Ziba, I wanna thank you so much for coming on and we are a little bit behind schedule but if you have just one more minute for some rapid fire questions, I would love to ask you some. Okay, sure. <laughs> so you've already shared so many wonderful tips but where should someone start this parent journey? They're, they feel a call, they're connecting to this podcast and what you're saying. What's the number one starting point where you would want to guide them to if they could just do one thing after this podcast?
1: One thing after this podcast? Mm, There's a couple that comes, but I'll try to narrow it down. Have self-compassion. That sort of is the groundwork because without that, the rest are difficult. So practice... Uh, self-compassion utilizing Kristen Neff's work or anyone else out there and try to focus on your own energy you know that's that's again when we can be there for ourselves we can be there for our kids so as much as parent coaching you think is about the child no it starts with you So I would say, start with you and whether that's energy routine or your breathing or your meditation, or you're listening to music or dance, which is a form of energy movement. Start with those, something accessible to you.
0: Love it. What's the number one thing that brings you and your family time together and like a joyful activity that you do?
1: Music. My daughter's really into singing. She really loves music and it's at a level that's very deep. So I've always loved it. We sing, we memorize, sometimes we perform. It can be in English or Farsi, my native tongue that I've taught her. So music.
0: Awesome. Now share like a fun fact that you already haven't shared in this episode. Something that people wouldn't expect (laughs) after (laughs) listening to this about yourself. Oh my gosh, a
1: fun fact, wow, a fun fact about me, that they don't know, I mean, I shared I lived in Scotland, I was born somewhere else, oh, I've eaten haggis of intestines in Scotland, oh boy! And I've had a tongue, and I've had brain, and I'm very versatile in my cuisine. So you're adventurous and you'll try things at least once. <laughs> no, food is, besides music, food is big in our house. My, my husband's a chef and a baker in addition to scientists. And
0: yeah, I'm adventurous. So is my daughter, right? Oh, awesome. All right, Ziba. Well, tell everybody, please, how to support your work and what's the best way to get in touch with you. Absolutely. If you feel
1: called on your journey, I would be honored to work with you. Uh, A Heartful Path is the best way to probably find me. Um, beautiful, wonderful woman in Spain who is my best friend helped create the image onto that website. You can message me there and we'll take it from there. There's, there's um, social media links there as well. So just go to the website. Everything's there. I look forward to supporting you or sending you love on your journey because um, we're all connected. How I thrive is how you thrive and vice versa.
0: Love it. Well, thank you so much for this heartfelt, deep conversation today, full of wisdom. I really enjoyed it. And I hope our audience did as well. And um, who knows? I look forward to having you back here one day. Thank you. Thanks for your time. Thanks for what you do. And thanks for your wisdom. Be well. Take care. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you learned something new from it, I'd love if you could leave us a five star review and share it with a friend who might love it too. You can find me on any of the podcast and social media platforms by looking up Holistic Pharmacist or Dr. Marina Booksov. Thank you for your support and see you next time.